most of the folks that are in my facilities and, and in all of our, a lot of our facilities are fitness enthusiasts. They're club athletes. They want to get fit. They want to be healthy. They don't really want a lot of technical details and they want to have the best possible workout, the most efficient workout in the least amount of time. This is Amy, the Senior Group Fitness Instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. I'm John McGowan, and you can always reach me, John, at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. One aspect of fitness professionals' personalities is they tend to be entrepreneurial, either wanting to start their own business, but maybe it's just I want to develop my own program or I see something missing in our current schedule offering at the club or studio that I work at, and you're motivated to develop a new program, introduce a new program. It may be educational. It may be a long periodized schedule, something, but you don't quite know where to start through the process of getting it approved and ultimately getting it on the schedule. Well, my guest this morning has been successful at doing just that, and her name is Kay Mamo. Kay, welcome to the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Thank you, John. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to share with you about some of the things that I've been able to do at my facility and hope to inspire others to do the same. Well, that's awesome because I know that there's a lot of people who see things that need to be changed but feel powerless to actually implement the change. First, let's get in a little understanding of Kay. Uh, first, where are, are you based? John, I'm in Naperville, Illinois. We are just outside of Chicago. I actually work at a facility that is a hospital-based fitness center, and we have two fitness centers that... Um, are just a few miles apart, and so I teach at both of those facilities. And you've been an ICI Pro member for a long time. Yes. But that is really only a compliment your, and I want to use the word myriad of uh, certifications <laughs> and, <laughs> and credentials. Well, first of all, how many different indoor cycling certifications do you have? Well, I've got five currently, and I'm working on a sixth, only, okay. I, it's, which sounds completely over the top, I, I, um, and I understand that. Um, I am a personal trainer certified through ISSA, and as far as indoor cycling goes, that's my passion. I love it. I, I love teaching all the things that I teach, but I love cycling, and I feel like Every program out there has something specific to their program, um, I guess methodology, if you will. And, and so I feel like if I understand all of those programs, then I have a way of taking the best parts and, and making me a better instructor in order to present a better class. Which is ultimately the goal of all of ours, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. It is. All right. So to complement that, though... You have become quite involved with zoning. Yes, yes. And uh, tell me a little bit about your uh, what led you to that and, and where you're at with all of it. Well, it starts at a personal level. Um, when I was first learning about fitness myself, and it's only been 
since, um, oh my goodness, since about 2006, I decided that I needed to have fitness in my life. I'd never really thought that much about it. My son is a phenomenal athlete. And so he, I guess, over the years has in, had inspired me to, to become a, a fitter person. Um, so in my desire for fitness, I joined a gym and decided I needed to learn how to do some things in order to compete in a triathlon. Um, you know, nothing like setting a small goal to start with. So I had to learn to swim and, and bike and, and do all of those things. And in the process, I found heart zones and training with heart rate and learning about my individual heart rate. And that inspired me to want to get others equally fit and teach other people how to learn um, to to use their heart rate. And then through the process, about a year and a half ago, I actually found zoning. And that's one of the, the spinoffs, I, I guess, of heart zones. And it has taken, and I know you've done some podcasts on this, but it took the, the heart rate system that seemed to be pretty complex for most people and simply made it easier for people to understand. I think I've heard it um, called kind of the gateway to, to heart rate training because it takes a five zone or a seven zone system and just makes it a three zone system. It's simple. Sally Edwards put color to those zones and then created a heart rate monitor that also has LED lights that flash those same three colors, which are blue if you're in your easy zone, yellow if you're in your moderate zone, and red if you're working hard and you're in that hard effort zone. I couldn't have said it better myself. Okay. All right. <laughs> well done. <laughs> You know, if you're a longtime listener, you'll have heard this before. But if you're relatively new, you know, it's my opinion that based on talking to hundreds of instructors, multiple surveys that we've done with hundreds and hundreds of uh, responses, that heart rate training is overly complicated, especially for what I describe as a club athlete who are the typical participants in most classes that we teach. And, you know, throwing these very complicated max heart rate percentages, all these things at people, it, 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 we may be speaking the words, but I, I, I really question whether we're communicating. And so when I saw this, actually Sally introduced me to it before she really even rolled it out, um, you know, two thresholds, easy to identify from a personal perspective based on rate of perceived exertion, build some zones around it. It seems to be very easy, and it's something that I've been using, even though, you know, where I teach, and we've got the heart rate chart that's everywhere, and it has five zones. But in actuality, you can easily just peg that first and second threshold right onto that five-zone chart. So you just because I know what we're going to talk about, you were motivated to introduce this type of training into your clubs. I really was, John. I had been teaching um, some what I call maximum heart rate six-week programs, teaching people 
all kinds of details and all kinds of information about their their heart rate and about their cardiovascular system and because I love detail. So I just thought everybody else would love all those details too. <laughs> and you know, I came away realizing that a lot of times people would just look at me, the light bulb would never really come on. Um even even though we had six weeks to go through a wonderful program, it was just too much. Most of the folks that are in my facilities and, and in all of our a lot of our facilities are fitness enthusiasts, they're club athletes, they want to get fit, they want to be healthy, they don't really want a lot of technical details, and they want to have the best possible workout, the most efficient workout in the least amount of time. And I finally figured out that zoning is exactly what's going to get people there. Um, and to just repeat what you said, it still lets us as an as instructors teach people about those two thresholds, the ventilatory thresholds, the, the changes that are going on in their bodies when they begin to exercise. And when they first come out of that, that warm-up feeling and they begin to feel that they're working and that's their first threshold. And then when they start to, to work hard and then just before they get out of breath and they hit their second threshold. And, and we now have an easy way to say, that's your yellow zone. And goodness sakes, that's, that's so much easier than trying to explain um, all the other details that go along with that. You know, I've done this for five years and just like you were saying is, you know, you know, all the details seem important, but in actuality, you know, when you look at the success of the soul cycles of the world and whatnot, they don't focus on any of this and yet they're wildly successful. Mm -hmm. Um, so to kind of reduce this to a, to a, not a simplistic level, but a level of simplicity. Yes. That gets people connected. And then at that point, if they want to get off, take a metabolic assessment so that they really hammer down exactly where their zones are, you know, God bless them, let them go. But for the uh, for the majority of our classes, you know, much more than what we're talking about as far as zoning is, is really just words that pollute your class. Mm -hmm. And, uh, okay, so you wanted to introduce this and... You didn't just run up to somebody and say, hey, we should start this class with all sorts of enthusiasm. You put some work into it on the front end. I, I did. And, and that's one of the things I wanted to share with you today. Um, it's about a process that needs to take place. And I believe this process is something that needs to take place probably in everybody's facilities. We get so excited about new ideas and we want to bring new things to our our fitness center. We want to keep things fresh. Um, but, but if you jump right in and tell somebody about it, they've got, I don't know how many dozens or, or hundreds, depending on the size of your facility, um, instructors who come back from maybe a workshop or something, and they're excited about something too. So, so they can't just let everybody run with everything that they want to, to get excited about. So for me at our facility, I felt like kind of following a chain of command was the best way to, to implement this thing that I wanted to put out there. And so I actually wrote, we didn't have a form. I just, I wrote a nice email to my supervisor explaining what, just what is zoning? She had no idea. What is zoning? 
why do I want to do this? And what kind of class would I like to teach? And, and just put it in words so that it would be a proposal, like a formal proposal, that she could actually then take to her supervisor so that we could actually put this together and put it in writing. We would need to print out flyers and put this in our schedule that's printed. So there's a lot that has to take place from the beginning of an idea to the end of implementing a class. You touched on a point there that I, I, I just would really like to emphasize is that unless you're working for a private studio where you're dealing directly with the owner, you're communicating with a department head who in turn has a boss. Yes. And for her to you know, elevate your idea puts her at political risk. You know, just does that make sense that, you know, if because if what you do fails, then she fails in the eyes of her boss. So at middle management tends to be reluctant to champion ideas unless they see that they're very well thought out. They have good benefit structure that, you know, the studio is going to benefit the club or whatever. The members are going to benefit. It may differentiate you from some other club. There has to be there has to be things in this proposal that make your department head look good to their superiors. And I'm presuming that you did that. And I forgive me for mm-hmm. for telling people, but, but you're going to provide this proposal that you um, offered uh, for other people to look at and potentially emulate. Yes, I would love to share that because I think, again, it's very important that if you do have to go through that type of administrative process – Um, It's not long. It's very simple. But you do need to be able to make some points so that, as as you just so uh, well explained, that your supervisor can take it to her supervisor and and even beyond that because we have several people that have to approve things. Um, Because it's a big process and, and it's a risk when you're presenting a new program. It is a risk for the facility. Um, because they, they are going to put things out there and just the cost of printing flyers and brochures and, and putting it on a schedule and paying the instructor, they want to see it successful. So you have to do your best job of presenting it and wording it in such a way that your supervisor, that it makes sense to her and it excites her or him to take it to the next level. Right. And, Beth, and all the while you're demonstrating your competency to implement this. You're showing that this is well thought out. You have everything in place. You just need somebody's approval to do it. Exactly. Okay. Obviously, because you're on the show, you were successful in selling this. Okay. So when you got the okay, what was the next thing you did? Oh, the very next thing that we did, we we decided that, okay, this is going to be the class. And we actually put together what will this class look like before we ever even put a name to it. Um, I knew that I wanted it to be exactly what zoning is intended to be. Um, Any of of your listeners can go to zoningfitness.com and and look up everything they need to know about zoning. There's a book, there's the Blink heart rate monitor. So all of those things are available and we can talk about that more later. But so I knew I wanted a 30 minute cardio plan that looked like that. But I was given an hour 
for a class. So I wanted to make it a boot camp. Then from there, I knew that I wanted it to be, to include cardio. We've got that. So then it needed to include some strength and a little stretching. Everyone wants to do core, but nobody will do core on their own. So it needed to include that. And then within my scope of practice as a trainer, I still wanted to touch on a little nutrition. Um, You know, I I didn't want to write an eating plan for somebody, but I did want to challenge people um, to eat better, eat, eat health, healthier. So, so that was the program. Put it all together. You've got 30 minutes of cardio, approximately 20 minutes of strength. And then that last 10 minutes to do some core. And while you're stretching, touch on nutrition. Sounds like a great program. Then what did you call it? And then came the name. So we thought, okay, let's call this class Skinny Wishes because that's what people are coming for. They, they wish to be skinny. So, so we actually taught the class as that. I taught the class as that um, for a good six weeks and into the next six-week program. Oh, just to, quali- just to clarify, that, so this is a six-week People sign up for it for the whole six weeks, so there's some accountability to it. Does that? Yes, absolutely. It was not just on the schedule as something you can jump in and out of, but folks need to commit to it. And so we added it as a, we call them fee-based classes. They are an extra fee outside of membership at the facility, and, and these classes do run for six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And just and just I should add, you know, I work for Lifetime Fitness mm-hmm. and they have enormous profitability compared to any other chain. And I think a great part of it is that they're not afraid to, to ask um, for extra charging or charging extra mm-hmm. for specialty limited size classes. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people just kind of they – Oh, we could never do that. They can't, you know. You know, they decide in advance that the members can't afford it or whatever. But, but if you're going to provide something very specialized, very personalized, over and above, you know, follow the lead of the the leader, and uh, mm-hmm. and you know, don't be afraid. It doesn't have to be super expensive. Mm-hmm. Plus, it also, <laughs> if you structure it properly, it allows you, the instructor, to be paid at a higher rate without mm-hmm. uh, the club or studio. Uh, fighting back against that mm-hmm. was was that your experience? Um, actually, that was not my experience. Oh, it wasn't okay. Well, <laughs> I'm so sorry, and, and I will explain. No, don't apologize. No, I'll, yeah, I'll explain. No. Um, it's it's a very interesting process, and a lot of facilities that kind of thing works, or especially if you're out there on your own and you can bring about a zoning class or a boot camp class on your own that people will come to and, and you have f- free reign over what you can charge. Um, we're a, a hospital-based facility. We're a nonprofit organization. And yes, we have to make money on our, our classes. But are you sitting down, John? We For a six-week program that is limited to 10 people, which is pretty close to small group personal training because of, mm-hmm. of what I'm providing these folks, they pay $40. For six weeks? For six weeks. 
So, okay. well, but that's but that's four hundred bucks that you could split with the club. Yes, yes, but um, but as an instructor, we just uh, make what we make, and it doesn't matter what we teach. So it's 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 an interesting um, dynamic for for, well, for that. Well, now that so, you have the successful boot camp, there's a, you can you could go back to them and say, look, I'm going to take this to someplace else unless we can negotiate a little <laughs> little something for Kay here, right? Definitely, definitely. <laughs> and I know I know that you have talked to, um, for example, I'll just, I have to mention uh, Larry Russell, Larry Link Russell. Uh, yeah, who, who has been extremely successful. So I, I hope the listeners, if, if you are in a facility and you're locked in, still be enthusiastic about bringing something new to your members, to your clients. Um, if you can take this and go on your own, the potential is huge it, because it's exciting. It's fun. We do something different every week in this boot camp setting. Um, and, and, and again, it's so, so we were talking about the name and I didn't mean to, to, oh, no, to, no, that's fine. I steered you that. off, but this is all very valuable. Okay. So what okay, did you do? So, skinny, so wishes. skinny wishes. It sounds kind of hokey. So, yeah. So we decided that that was probably not a real appropriate name, um, because we also wanted, want to be sensitive. Eating, eating disorders, um, are a big issue. And we wanted to be very sensitive to that. And we felt like that potentially that's just not a, a good name for the class. So so we changed it. It's similar. We changed it to Slim and Trim. And continue, you know, I, I still taught the class in the same way. So we did go through a couple of name changes. And then actually we're coming out. We just changed it again. Um, same song, different verse. It, now we're going to call it Watch Your Weight. Because I said, you know, we're using these amazing heart rate monitors and, and watches, if you will. And and they blink these color zones. We need to have something about them in the name of the class. So we decided on Watch your weight because that's kind of catchy. Um, oh, sure. Kind so of kind of a pun there. So so we're we're spinning this out actually in two weeks is when the class will start up again as oh, as watch your yeah. weight. So so I'm excited um, to present it in that way and and so that will be our new our transition to a new um, fall class. So you have a name, you have approval, then you you, you, again, you only had 10 spots to fill, but you still had to fill them. So what did you do to to market this new class? Well, we put up some really neat posters. We made some great posters and put out flyers, spread them around the facility. And I actually, I like to touch base, as many instructors do, with folks in my classes, um, clients that I train, and I always ask their permission. And I tell them, if you want to hear from me, give me your email. If you don't want to hear from me, that's fine. It doesn't offend me. Don't give me your email. Um, so I have a nice email base and I just shoot emails to people and say, Hey, this is a new class. This is what's coming. This is what we're going to do. Let me know if you're interested. And so that was one way to get response, posters, flyers, emails, word of mouth, um, Talk about things in your other classes and let your members know what's going to be going on and things that are coming up. Were you successful to fill the first session? Yes. The very first okay. session filled up and, and every session after that, 
um, was either full or mostly full. Uh, we took the summer off um, because think most things do dwindle for the summer. And then, like I say, that's we're coming back at it um, this fall with a new name. And you're still at 10. Exclusivity is not a bad thing sometimes. Yes. And, and the reason we limited it to 10 um, is because I wanted to use specifically the Blink heart rate monitors because that's, for me, that's the only way. We could wear other heart rate monitors and look at numbers, but I like the simplicity of the Blink heart rate monitor that specifically shows us the the LED flashing lights and specifically shows us the blue and the yellow and the red zones. Um, so that was another proposal I needed to, to put together. Um, please order these heart rate monitors for me. Um, if we start with 10 and people come to the class, it's only going to take a little time to make up the money that we spend purchasing the heart rate monitors. Right. So, you know, I would have done that differently. I would have added the cost to the class and had everybody buy their own. Mm -hmm. But that's just me. And Uh, it's just actually a great way to do it. Charge for the class and then let people have the monitor for their very own. Exactly. Right. Because, you know, as a studio, you you can buy these kind of wholesale and then like Larry, and I'm going to post a link to Larry's because mm-hmm. uh, he, like I say, he's killing it. He's making like $500 a, a weekend mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on these, these zoning uh, workshops that he does. And it's, you know, it's changing people's lives, but he's, you know, we all have bills to pay, mm-hmm. kids in school, everything else to go along with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Kay, you and I can sit here and talk for hours, except for I'm looking at the time and we're at about a half an hour, which is oh, stretching, stretching the limits of yes. <laughs> of of the people's ability to actually sit and listen to all of this. Mm-hmm. I think we've we've given people enough to work off of. If they have additional questions, are you open to answering them? Yes. Oh, I love to answer emails and, and talk with people. Um, certainly, if, if anyone wants to email me, and then we can chat as well on the phone. Um, but my email is easy. It's just my name. Uh, again, my name is Kay Mamo, and my email is k k a y at... Mamo, M-A-M-O, dot U-S. And, and my contact information is also on the zoning website. If you um, just Google zoning fitness and go on the website, my bio is there. I've, I blog on the website and talk about some of the things that I've, I've put together for this boot camp. Um, the other thing, I, if I could share briefly, is that Zoning is, it can be taken into anything. Um, obviously, we're indoor cycling instructors, and that's why we're here. Do zoning in your indoor cycling class. It's easy. Exactly. You know, and that is the point. Is <laughs> Rather than to keep this going, just to, to understand is that the beauty of that heart rate monitor, and because it's it's flashes, is that it works in just about any group fitness class. You know, rather than people stopping and trying to focus, you know, in the near dark on some heart rate number, they just have to glance down and look at and see where they're at. So it's just it's awesome. And I never go anywhere on my bike without mine because I'm old and it's very difficult for me to read my Garmin, but I can always see my light on my blank. So we will go from there. Kay Mamo, zoning specialist, multi certified indoor cycling instructor. Thank you for your time today. John, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure and I'm excited to get other folks motivated to to present and to, to take their passion to a new level. 